Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast from home and to week two of Advent and our series, Active Hope. And I'm going to be honest, it's really hard to have active hope right now. I've had a really crappy couple of weeks and I know that uh, my bad weeks are peanuts to um, all of those that are suffering on the front lines of the virus, all of our healthcare workers, all of the essential workers who are being underpaid. I think the report in November was that we have over 50 million Americans that have reported going hungry. All the while, uh, the billionaire class has added $1 trillion now to their wealth. And um, that's just the extreme systematic immorality of our society and our culture at work uh, and it's not okay and it's not right and all the while in our public sphere we have people that are still not taking the virus seriously which continues to lead to uh, over 2,000 uh, American lives lost every day and it's just uh, it's such a tragedy and such a weight for all of us to bear so I hope that you are staying happy and healthy uh, as happy and as healthy as possible while realizing that we, uh, no matter how closely affected or not closely affected you are, whether you have to go into work or you're able to work from home, that on some level we are all um, carrying the weight of um, the tragedy of what's going on in our country, in our world right now. And it is okay as a community and as individuals to grieve that and to sit with that uh, during this time. Uh, so it is hard to hope during this time, but we are going to make an effort of it as we head into week two of Advent and the Gospel of Mark is our text for this week. Again, last week we were in chapter 13. This week we're going to chapter one and starting in verse one, I'm reading out of the NRSV. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it was written by the prophet Isaiah, see, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare the way, the voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance and the forgiveness of sins and people from the whole Judean countryside and from all uh, all the people from Jerusalem were going out to him to be baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now, John was clothed with camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit, the word of the Lord. So it's interesting that in the first week of Advent, we get some of the final words of Jesus to his disciples right before he is arrested. And now in the second week of Advent, we get this prologue from Mark's gospel, which serves as kind of a, a thesis for maybe how the author and the early Markan community understood uh, the gospel and the life of Christ. And so maybe, la so last week, our community question was uh, something like, what are you waiting for? 
during the season of Advent or just in general? What are you waiting for or what are you hoping for? And this week, I want us to think about the question, how are we waiting? How are we waiting? And while I feel like as a church community and as a society, we have spoken at length about how we are living in these unprecedented times, but when I'm asking this question this week, I hope it serves as an opportunity to see and develop um, our collective and individual um, process, uh, not measuring some kind of like progress or success during these unprecedented times or during the time of Advent. It's about process rather than progress or success. How are we waiting? So uh, Western Christianity for quite a while I think has been in the business of providing uh, a sense of false progress via um, certainty or security by often misusing the Bible as some kind of like psychic book of good fortunes. If you just say the right prayers or you go to church every once in a while, uh, then you're going to get uh, a certain kind of result. You you put, give the input and you're going to get some kind of uh, output from God or from the church or from spiritual life, whatever. And I'm not even talking about the more egregious forms of this uh, or the obvious abuses like the prosperity gospel. I'm just talking about simply how the church broadly has taken advantage of the human desire to know that our lives have some kind of direct meaning or purpose. And so the Bible, unfortunately, has been abused to offer this kind of linear and shallow meaning that gives this sense of false security and purpose that I think is not, um, is not good news in the sense of this text from Mark and actually really contradicts the core of Advent to give this kind of linear, direct meaning in using the Bible to get there. Instead, like all great spiritual texts, the scriptures do offer meaning, but it's a kind of deep knowing, like a parabolic and poetic unknowing that over time creates wisdom, not cheap, easy answers. So the hope is like over a lifetime, right? That the scriptures, um, like the one I just read from the beginning of Mark, stirs this deep mystery in our hearts and minds that creates what our tradition calls faith or trust in God. It's funny how we've kind of lost those meanings of faith or trust in God as something that is simple or easy, but actually it only comes from this deep, embracing this deep mystery or falling into a deep mystery. So faith and trust in in the sense that I'm talking about offers no temporary comfort. It makes no definitive promises, uh, I guess other than the grace that transcends our circumstances. So like history shows us that uh, like the saints, even though saints uh, didn't live perfect lives by any means, um, their lives transcended their moments because they were open to this Advent call of becoming awake and letting go of their need for security. Uh, In sports, you often hear coaches say stuff like, trust the process, results will follow. Like in running, don't focus on uh, all of the distance ahead of you, like one step at a time, one step at a time. And although it seems really trite, um, like the the goal in sports is to stay in the moment 
or you'll hear like in basketball, like um, the flow of the game. You stay in the flow of the game where you're in the moment. You're not thinking about the scoreboard or anything like that. And I think there's an advent message here that I'm not gonna try to connect. There was an article a couple of weeks back written by the author, uh, a guy named Alex Hutchinson, who's a in author and endurance uh, athlete, where he talks about uh, how we can live better lives during the pandemic by not focusing on a finish line, that finish line that we can't really see, right? Um, by comparing it to ultra races and races without finish lines. He, he writes this, it's really pretty interesting. Our struggle with COVID-19, we've been repeatedly told, is a marathon, not a sprint. But marathons and even ultra marathons normally have a clearly defined finish line, no matter how distant. As it happens, there's a whole subfield in sports science at the intersection of physiology and psychology that explores this terrain. It's called teleo-anticipation, a, a term coined in 1996 by German physiologist Hans Volkart Ulmer to describe how the knowledge of an eventful endpoint or telios, uh, or telos, influences the entirety of the experience. Using endurance sports as their medium, researchers in this subfield have probed what happens when you hide the finish line, uh, surreptitious, surreptitiously move it, or take it away entirely. So for those tempted by promising vaccine updates to start fantasizing about an end to the pandemic, these researchers have some advice. Don't. In the lab, teleo-anticipation studies confirm that knowing where the finish line enables you to go faster, mostly because you speed up as the end approaches. This is obvious. If you have a choice between knowledge and ignorance, choose the former. The trickier question is to how to handle it when you don't have a choice. The natural temptation to fill the gap by make, is to make up an endpoint. It turns out that if you ask yourself, can I keep going rather than can I make it to the finish, you are far more likely to answer in the affirmative. Okay, so I found that to be a fascinating article by Hutchinson that I think has uh, a really particularly uh, prescient insight, uh, not only for our societal moment, but for the meaning of Advent and perhaps even what this uh, gospel text and last week's gospel text is getting at, uh, living into the moment of unknowing that there's actually profound uh, wisdom and ability in the human uh, potential to, to live better in the moment of an unknowing rather than uh, looking towards the finish line. And again, every good coach will tell you um, living into the process and the unknowing, not looking at the scoreboard uh, will actually create a better result. And what is our Advent message from last week? Uh, stay awake in the dark. Stay alert. You do not know the hour or day. And then uh, our text today says, prepare the coming of the Lord, although there might not be a timetable in sight. And I'm sure while goal setting and achievements may be helpful in the short, short run, and I'm sure there's literature and self-help Instagram accounts that'll uh, tell us to continue to excel and measure our success even during the pandemic, uh, I think the good news encourages us to live well within the mystery of our liminal space. That is where our lives can be transformed. Uh, we see at the end of the biblical text, we are given this uh, 
similar Advent call, right? Come, Lord Jesus, which we talked about last week being the assured shout of cosmic hope, as Richard Rohr would say. So Advent is in many ways about the embracing of the how of our waiting. Jesus' message during his life was broadly speaking about what he called the kingdom of God. So this was his phrase for ultimate reality, which both exists in the present, the kingdom is among you, the kingdom is within you, and the not yet, the kingdom of God is to come. Uh, Your kingdom come on earth as the core of prayer. So how are we to live amid uncertainty with the embrace of suffering, the celebration of beauty, and the enjoyment of the preparation for the coming Christ? I think these are important questions that leave behind any kind of sentimental notions of Advent and awaiting a baby Jesus at Christmas, which, you know, as nostalgic as they may be, I think misses the scope of Jesus's call or invitation for us in the world. And perhaps how we might consider navigating the uncertainties of life, trusting the process and waiting with active hope amid suffering and uncertainty, not offering uh, trite solutions for safety and security and comfort. How do we live when our muscles ache and we don't know where the finish line is, when we're teetering on the edge of burnout? How do we live? And perhaps there are two uh, messages for us this week that we can talk about uh, on Sunday from this, um, from this passage. I think John, in this text, serves as a great uh, archetype for Christian living uh, in COVID and, and beyond. John, John prepares the way for the future coming of Christ with the message of uh, changing your mind. We talk about this all the time, this phrase in Greek, metanoia. It calls us to be willing to change our minds, our hearts, our lives, however you want to um, best think about that. This is, it's inherently um, living in the moment principle, right? Not being set, being open to being wrong, staying humble, um, and being uh you know, comfortable with the uncomfortable, being comfortable in the unknown and with the uncertainties of life. Uh, this is how John, I think, actively waits with hope, preparing the way for Jesus. And as last week's text said again and again, um, we are not called to sort of build up any kind of like success or our little kingdoms or our egos. We are called to be awake. Um, this requires that paradoxical um, self-emptying that Paul wrote about. Our self-emptying, our letting go, and our alertness stand in contrast to Western messages of uh, capitalist consumerism, especially this time of year, uh, numbing our addictions to materialism. John the Baptist serves as the archetype of the exact opposite. He's in the wilderness, he's got a leather belt and is eating locusts and honey and all that kind of crazy stuff. Uh, he serves as this Advent archetype for alertness, calling us to change our lives, to, to care about what's really important in the moment and also what is yet to come in the divine reality of what Jesus calls the kingdom of God. This draws us, stirs us into a deeper, a deeper love, a deeper peace and grace um, John points towards that question, what's, what's, what's really important? 
Um, okay, maybe the last uh, thing I'll say on this is is this note about the the good news. Like, what is what is the good news? The the uh, the evangelion um, of good news that is mentioned here. I think it invites us, uh, maybe to simply say, like, invites us to um, remember to live with joy in the sort of long suffering of life, in the unknowing. Um, we're invited into this this sort of like good news about the coming of Christ, uh, the kingdom of God that is given to us, um, that we get this taste of in the waters of baptism, that um, John is baptizing all of these people here. It's like a, it's just a, like a taste of this good news, this grace. Um, not a, it's not like a promise for uh, a finish line or some kind of like prosperity or something that you gain from, from adopting this kind of way of life, but it's a, it's that advent orientation towards um, something deeper, something more meaningful. Um, that's so much better than like a five-year plan, uh, but it gives us hope here and now in the midst of pain and suffering and unknowing. Um, it's paradoxical in that way. It gives us uh, the courage to be here and now as we create the kingdom and as we wait for the kingdom. Um, this is how perhaps we can live with joy, finding it here and now within ourselves, within our communities, amid the pain, trusting the mystery, falling into the call of Advent and our lives uh, to wait with some kind of active hope. Maybe that's the Advent message for us this week. So we'll leave it there. Uh, join us on Sundays at uh, 10 a.m. We usually have a, a great conversation about these kinds of themes. And I look forward, and as always, as we approach this week, we love God, embrace beauty, and live life to the fullest. Be well. Yeah.